Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my show, Voices of Courage Unite. Today, well, uh, I'm your host, <laughs> Brady J. And today I have with me uh, overdue, well overdue <laughs> guest. So excited to have him here. His name is Dennis Sumlin, and he is a men's confidence coach. And Dennis, thank you for joining me. How are you? I am doing great at the moment. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Amen to that. <laughs> so, how 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 are things going? How are you feeling in the the end of 2020? How I feel at the end of tw- wow that that's a lo- that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> I know, right? Well, one thing I got to just say in 2020, wow. <laughs> oh, right. That's how I answer it. Like, wow, wow. It, it, it's wow because it's. It's one of those things where um, there's a lot of craziness going on, catastrophic things going on, but at the same time, there's a lot of good things in my life that has happened. So it's one of those, hmm, well, what do you think about that? It's a very mixed year. Yeah, yeah. So much still to be grateful for, but so much, like everything you just said, pain, loss, uh, chaos. Pain, loss, chaos, fear, anxiety, but then... You know, you see friendship and you see love and you see dedication. You see, you know, beautiful gestures. You see support. So you just, you know, take the good with the bad. Yes, yes, very much so. So with the, you know, this going on and what you do, um, I know that there has been so much between dealing with relationships with men and women, especially when they're living in it, like literally, like during lockdown or just have to just look at that person or <laughs> mm. whoever they're with when this hit the fan it's kind of like that's who you, who you're with and have you had to um let me first let me ask you so doing this do you've obviously had to be like over like zoom and all that stuff what you do right well yeah now it's it's on zoom and but even before this you know a lot of times you can coach on the phone or on zoom it's not necessarily uh, ne- it's not necessary to actually have someone sitting in front of you. Um, when I coach people here locally, I've had them, you know, come to my offices. But then, you know, I, I coach men from any part of the country. So, you know, welcome Zoom, welcome phone, you know. So. Okay, okay, there you go. Well, have you been up against, or not up against, but dealing with relationships as far as, as, far as uh, not, not even pertaining to 2020, but in general, the dynamics between the man and the woman and how for you before I was even born, how the, the the confusion and the lack of communication, it just always seems like it's negative versus the, the positive in it. What yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you know what it is. It's, 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 you know, it gets, it gets into the weeds here. You know, we, we, uh, we're, so, we've been taught by society that everyone fits into a box like men are supposed to fit into this one box, women fit into another box, and you can't step out of that box. Um, we've we've really gotten into this, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And, and there's some truth to we are different in many ways, but I think a lot of people, um, and you talk about the past, we've been conditioned by the past at times to fit into these narrow, narrow boxes. Um, and also just a lot of people just aren't good communicators in general. That's true. That's true. Because I guess when you communicate 
some people think communication, if they're communicating, then that's good. They're communicating, but there's a way, there's a healthy way to communicate, right? It's absolutely healthy way of communicating. And we need to destigmatize different forms of communication, um, you know, because so, for example, one of these boxes is so that, you know, uh, when men don't talk about their feelings because talking about your feelings means you're supposed to be weepy and that's not really the case, but that's the stereotype out there. You know, women talk, men do. Um, so then men end up holding their feelings back and then it's always going to come out. So they're going to take it out on the workaholic, alcoholic, sexaholic, um, anxiety. There's all kinds of things that come from not dealing with um, any negative feelings you have that you're trying to hold back because, you know, you think it's not cool to express it. There's ways of expressing things that aren't womanly that will still help you. Okay. So what would you tell a man, you know, that is struggling with this? How would you help him to get to a place where he can communicate his thoughts and feelings in a healthy manner with but also having her feelings in regard? Well, first, I would. it would be good to understand where your feelings are coming from. Like if you have some um, animosity or anger towards your, towards your woman, and instead of just lashing out and putting and projecting it onto her, figure out what's going on inside of you. So take some, some quiet time and you talk. If you need to write it out, you know, uh, on a piece of paper, no one, no one, no one has to see it. So just take some time to get really clear on why you're angry, why are you, why are you upset? What's the real issue under your anger? Um, so it's good for you to understand it before you could really explain it to your partner. Because if you don't know what you're talking about, then then how are you supposed to tell your partner? So the first step is to really understand why that thing made you angry. Why, when she said that, it pissed you off. What's underneath that? Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. So I know also like with, with men, you know, they have this, the pride, you know, and they don't want to come across, uh, you know, cause they want to, you know, stay as a man. Some don't, they see that as, some see that as weak. I don't, I see it as very, uh, I see it as a current, like strong to be able to be comfortable to, to talk and not, worry about everybody else because I think that's a lot people worry about what other people are going to think and it's like that's you know that's crazy everybody has problems you know well I, I think another issue is going on here is that sometimes that men think that if they talk about something that's very deep and personal or very vulnerable for them that it's going to be used against them maybe not by the guy next door but maybe by their partner Maybe by maybe by their maybe by their woman, they're afraid. Well, maybe if I say to this to her, she might use this against me, or she might see me as weak. Um, that that's also what goes through some men's minds. Like I don't want to share feelings and then have it used against me, um, because we're not cultured to share our feelings. So if we ever, so if we actually get to that point, it's we are cautious about it. And so yeah. I think that the woman needs to understand that that for a man sharing deep, vulnerable feelings and expressing what's under the anger is a big step for a lot of men. And for her to be conscious of that and not force him to talk, not ridicule him for what he says, not lash out and turn it around on him, because it probably took a whole lot for him to say a little bit. So it's good for her to respect that. Yeah. 
So basically needing a, a safe place, knowing that he's safe when he is ready to to talk, you know? Yes. You, you Please do not force a man to talk. You cannot drag his feelings out of him. Because that's just gonna piss him off more. <laughs> you know, you're you're running, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong, honey? And he's he's like, not now, not now. But what's wrong? Like, cause you know, women they kind of wanna know things right away. They're very they they're engaging. Y'all are engaging. You wanna you wanna share the emotions, you wanna engage the emotions. But a man needs more time to process it. So if you want a man to be open to you, give him time to process it himself before he engages it. And then don't just lash out and fight with him. Listen to what he's got to say and, and, and engage it that way. You, you can't drag it out of him. Yeah, very true. You know, um, dealing with a man and a woman when uh, they have uh, a, a child together. And this is thing to where I think and also some others feel that society has created this, this uh this reality for us when it comes to um, a man and how they take care of their children. And I also feel this way that women latch on to, they run to the system really fast before even dealing with, you know, each other first. And then next thing you know, he is kind of forcibly being uh, pressured, I guess, to pay child support. And there's that, anger that anger behind it i feel like they weren't there when you lay down together so why is that your your outlet immediately before allowing him to do what he needs to do if that makes sense yeah yeah it does and and you know that does unfortunately happen i i think that when people are in a dispute with each other they use the power they have, you know, men, you know, they said we have the physical power, you know, we're not supposed to hit women and stuff, but women use emotional power and legal power because that's the power that they have in society. And, and so that, that happens. And also even sometimes before the system gets involved, let's, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes women use a child against a man. Like, if you don't pay me this amount of money, you're not going to see your child. Or if you don't do what I want you to do, you're not going to see your child. And that you do that to a man. And, you know, the way we use terms like, oh, you're not going to see my child. Like, it's not your child. It's both of yours child. But when you start using terms like my child and just little language like that kind of disowns him from his fatherhood. So you, you don't use children against your man. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, that was another one of two, like because that's not that's hurting him, but it, it, you're hurting your child for, yeah, in the, exactly. for the most part. You're hurting your child. Your child knows what's going on. Don't think that because your child is five or six and you think they're sleeping when you're on the phone arguing, they're not. Don't don't think that they don't know what's going on when you they were daddy one day and mommy the other, or they saw daddy last week, but they don't get to see him for the next month. Don't think that they don't know what's going on. They may not know specifics because they're still a child, but they feel the energy. They know there's a dispute. They're not always sleeping when you're arguing at night. They know they're not dumb. So just watch. Think about what this is doing to your children. Yeah, yeah. So it's safe to say that to be able to understand why there is the anger when it comes to for, for a man behind that whole situation with child support, because 
feeling like somebody is forcing you to do something. No one likes that. And then for your own, your own child as, as that. I understand that sometimes you have to do what you have to do, you know, because I, I don't use them. I, I feel like I can I can work it out with you because, I mean, they didn't lay down with you. I, you know, we, we could, we should be able to do this together and life happens and you might not be able to pay. If you can work it out together, I feel like just because you're not together, that doesn't automatically mean go run and house support. So I can understand that, that the, the anger, I guess, what that is understandable, right? Well, yes, because I think sometimes when couples get into these disputes, Unfortunately, you know, they both love the child, but the child kind of gets lost. It's all about what he did and the girl he slept with and who I saw her with and he and she fucked my man's best friend. Like and the child gets lost in all of this stuff. And, you know, if people if couples who can't be together would focus on the child and what is good for the child um, and really try. They don't have to like each other. They don't have to talk unless it's about the child. Turn it into like a. A, a thing where you just you you talk about the child, you have scheduled conversations, whatever you got to do if you really don't like each other. But think about the well-being of the child. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen before, like the child, it'll flu- influence the child. And as they get older, they become disrespectful or have that same outlook when it comes to their very own, yeah. you know, father or men in general. Yeah, and don't talk about your child's parent to your child. Like, you know, you you know, you're, I don't like when your father does this and your father's a bum or your mother's a bitch. Like, why, don't feed, even if you think that, even if you swear by it, don't feed that to your child. Right. Yep. Totally, totally agree. So before, most people say before we even get, get to, to that part, you know, where you're having a child and, you know, and dealing with all this in the beginning, when man, man and woman courts, you know, they don't do it like they used to, you know. When people would date, you go meet their family, you go actually knock on the door, you know, dad holds his gun to second plane. Yeah, you better come back with my daughter. <laughs> I got my eye on you. <laughs> that That is completely like these, this new generation, they have no idea what that's about. It's like get on social media and that's how everything's done. It's not about meeting. I want to know who, you know, I wouldn't have minded that type of, you know, come meet. You know the where where did that get was the social media that did it where did that get lost? Or was um, I, I think it, it's um, well one I think that we have we're living in a microwave culture we want everything now. Um, I also think it is the decline of certain kinds of social morals that used to be dominant in the culture, and because the social moral structure has changed. We can get into that and if it's good or bad overall. But the point is, it has changed. And so the messages that we get uh, are more free and libertine rather than, you know, let's take our time and get to know each other. Now it's more like, oh, well, you can do whatever you want to do and everything is all good. And as long as it's consensual, it's wonderful. And, and so there's good and bad parts to that. But there's no question that the culture has changed and it's sending different messages out now. Yeah, that's very true. Now people would laugh at something like that. Get to your family's house. It's not your father, your family. What's that? <laughs> yeah, you know your father. I got to date you for how long? We got to wait seven, eight months before we have sex. Like, what? 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 What is the world? Is that? 
You know, people don't understand that now. Right. And then you get them hot mess later down the road and you're like, yeah, see, see how that. Well, see, what happens now is that we have sex first and ask questions later. And that's unfortunately Mm -hmm. how a lot of relationships start, you know, and and it really isn't good to start that way. Because, see, what happens is, you know, we 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 either get into a relationship right away on the rebound or we get into a relationship because the person is sexy or something and we have sex with them and we get wrapped up into that. And then two years later, we wonder, how did I end up with this chick? Like, I don't like you. How did I end up with you? <laughs> That's because two years ago, you you was thinking more with the other head. Like, so we have sex first and ask questions later. And that's unfortunate. Yep. And you think insanity, you know, expecting different results and the same thing over and over again. You're like, yeah, this isn't working. But yet we still keep trying at the same thing, thinking it's going to be different. Well, yeah, I I think now, you know, and I I know I probably sound like some old funny daddy, like, get your hands off my daughter. You got to wait two years before you kiss her. No, that's, that's not how I am. I, I believe adults can have sex, consensual sex in whatever arrangement that aligns with them. But I think that you should be clear on the kind of relationship you want to have. So if you know you want a long-term relationship with a partner, you don't have to have sex the first night because you want to get to know them outside the bedroom. You want to get to understand, do you want to wake up to this person? After you come, do you want to be around this person? Do you want to be around them when you're doing bad, when you lose your job? Um, you know, when your grandfather dies, do you want them to be next to you? Think of them more as a companion. So if you know you want a long, this long-term relationship, you take, take a little bit of time. I'm not saying wait eight, nine months, but take a little bit of time to get to know them as a person, make sure their personality overlaps with yours and so forth, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. <clears throat> yeah. I think, um, Probably from from men too, but I know from me being a woman, we have a tendency when we do when we do it that way to to read into you know read into it, and you could be thinking the total opposite thing when you're together that way that oh he really you know wants me and loves me and and he's thinking this is real good this real drunk yeah <laughs> really good and you're you just found yourself like lost because you. You know, you you talk to it's like self-talk. We have a whole conversation with ourselves and he was never a part of it. <laughs> well, that's true. But I, I think that goes back to knowing what you want. What what do you want out of this relationship with this man? And be clear with yourself on what you want. And so once you're clear, if you want a one night stand, you're a grown woman. You know, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. But if you're looking for a relationship or if you know you're the type that gets attached easy, Think about what you're doing and what happens afterwards. And I, and I, and I, and, and, and I think, and you probably know this. I think that a lot of women, unfortunately have weak boundaries. Um, so that I, I think it would be good to strengthen your boundaries and say no, when you really mean no and not, well, he's a nice guy. He looks good. He probably going to bring her. So all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree because you save yourself from that, yeah. you know, that end result that you mm-hmm. keep, keep receiving. But yeah. Because he's, his are the, because both, even though there are two people involved in a relationship, at least at minimum, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though it's two people, you're still responsible for yourself and he's responsible for himself. So don't count on him to look out for you. 
you know, and I think that's people get caught up in expecting your partner to like look out for you. Like, oh, you know, if, if you don't want to have sex because, you know, you get attached quickly, then don't do it. Don't don't wait for him to look out for you. Right. Right. Like, you expect it to be his responsibility that <clears throat> he uh, accepted, you know, he he followed, went through with it. Now it's like his problem, you know, because you didn't want to. Yeah, I, I, I had <laughs> sex with you. How could you possibly? Well, no. What, but he said, hey, we just had sex and you just attached a storyline to it. But you didn't tell me the storyline. Yeah, very true. That, that lack of communication there. Yeah. You got a storyline in your head when I'm just saying, hey, you look good. Let's let's have sex. But you didn't tell me your storyline that you're attaching to it. Yeah. Very much and so, then you yeah. want to get mad at me because you saw me with, with the girl down the block, but you never told me what your storyline was. Yeah. Yeah. I also know that, uh, that sometimes men uh, are not willing or comfortable with... Uh, communication you know actually they run you know as soon as you want to talk about something or feel a certain way and i think that that's a big thing too where i for for instance if that person is not willing to talk to me about anything else but sexual you know manners and not anything else with between uh human beings in general then that should be a clear sign that he's not interested in you as a person he's in these things because you sexually are appealing to him you know, and, you know, men have a lot of fears, too, that men sometimes, you know, again, we talked about earlier that men don't really want to feel like they're vulnerable. And maybe the men who are just looking for sex, maybe they've had bad relationships in the past. Maybe they've had some scarrings from, you know, their young childhood or whatever it is. And so, you know, they have whatever, too. But that's not your responsibility. So if you see that all they are is about sex and when you try to connect to something deeper, it ain't working then decide what are you going to do with this relationship? What do you want out of it? Do you, do you want just sex or do you want something more? And if you want something more, is he it? Yeah, very true. Man, how, how do we get to that place? What, what, how does one get to that place? Like, because it's we, we seem to talk about it and, and the very people that are dealing with it <clears throat> or have dealt with it ha- will talk about it, but it's still just not a place of of understanding. It's more about them versus them and not us. How could we be as people? You know what I mean? Like you don't even have to literally be the man and woman that's trying to come together, but you can be a man and a woman or men and women that's talking about this together, if that makes sense. So you're asking about how can men and women sit down and have a civilized conversation about relationships? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, relationships, how to communicate better. Because, you know, because everything's, you know, like relationship. You have friends, you have, you know, family and all that. But when it just like across the board with men and and women uh, being able to come together and have these discussions without feeling like they're on a, a different team or they get to a place because the end, the end result, well, I guess it keeps going on is that generations keep going. You have children and then they'll carry on the very thing that they have learned, you know, and that'd be th- their way. I think also too, how we've stemmed away from how, you know, how things used to be like those morals and, and, you know, and all that. And then it just keeps going and going and don't even that doesn't even exist anymore and so you want to like break that chain so you could you know 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, I've, it's a very complex problem because we're so deep in now with this stuff. Um, yeah. It's a very complex problem. It, it goes to the morals we were talking about before it goes to the education system, because a lot of these things have been encoded in us for decades. And like you said, the parents pass it down to the kids who pass it down to the kids who pass, you know, so, and the, and the, the culture reinforces these things. So it does an element of it does require some educational reform and some reassessment of our morals so we can get back to a unified message. And the unified message doesn't have to be the old message, but it needs to be a unified message. Um, and then it gets down to individuals um, really committing themselves to working on the key thing, which is communication. Um, and also I would say destigmatization because there's so many things that we've been taught to be ashamed of. And most of those things aren't anything to be ashamed of at all. It could be from anything from being vulnerable to talking about sexual issues. Some people don't want to talk about sex. Some people are the opposite. Um, or maybe something in your past that's affecting you today in your relationship. Um, so we need to figure out a way of getting people really up on their communication skills. Um, and yeah, but it's a complex problem. I don't, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got some that you know that 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 helpful because we need to be able to like I look at the youth and they're way gone. They have no clue what's going on, and it's just like the worse it gets, they don't know how to really function uh, amongst one another. Even a, a situation where you know I work a lot, and you know, and it's sometimes it's hard to explain. Like, say for instance, if a girl, a woman, or a girl puts hands on on him and he sees it as well if she hit me I could hit her back and it's not that simple <laughs> you know it's really not that simple you're like yeah you should, nobody should be put you can't treat the situation as if it was another guy you know what I mean that 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 hits you because this is because of society and the fact that she's a woman how do you make that make sense to a, a younger person? Well, I, I think, see, <laughs> this is one of them areas. I love this is this is one of those deep cultural areas we've been conditioned to. I think that we need to, and I just said this, we need a unified message. So if we have these, all these campaigns that say men should not hit women, we need to have the same campaigns about when women should not hit men. I think that our our the way that we get back to consistent morals is to be consistent. Recognize mm -hmm. that a man may fight back when he's attacked. That's something that's that sometimes you could you can cut that off and and you know I can't hit a woman, but sometimes depending on what she does to him, it's primal. What if she just socks him in the face? Like right, some of that exactly. stuff could be a reflex. Like you just yep. come up to me and just punch me in my face, I'm may reflex and knock you out. Like it, it, yep. You can't <laughs> expect every man to be like some monk in a monastery and just kind of sit there. So I, yeah. I think we need a unified message to say men don't hit women. That's not the right answer. Women don't hit men. That's not the right answer. You know, men don't abuse women verbally. That's not the right answer. Women don't use your kids against men. That's not the right answer. And I think that there isn't the same pressure on women to be to to act a certain way when it comes to disputes than there is for the man and i think men see it as 
women get the pass and men are blamed for everything, whether they're right or wrong. Yep, they surely do. I've heard somebody actually say that. It's true. And actually embrace it and they believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in some instances it looks that way where men are blamed when they're wrong, but men are also blamed when they're not wrong. And women are given sympathy when they're right, but women are also believed when they're lying. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair. That's one of those things where it's just not fair. Someone was telling um, my kid, my child the other day, they were like, if you hit her back, if you do, either way it goes, you'll be the one that's going. Exactly. So men have more <laughs> to lose. If a man hits a woman, he has more to lose than if she beats the hell out of him. She could yeah. kick his ass, but yet if he smacks her once in self-defense, he has more to lose. Yeah. Yep. And that's the, the struggle. Like, cause you know, especially if you're talking to a youth or a kid, you know what I mean? Cause all they see is, well, she put her hands and I can totally understand it, but it's like, they're not, you know, old enough to really get yeah. where, you know, where that comes from. But you want us to deliver to them that no one has the right though. You don't have to take it because there's, you know, men that have been abused, you know, Absolutely. as much as men abuse women have been that, the, the person that's been abused in a relationship. Exactly. And a lot of people, and I've interviewed um, a couple of men on my podcast that's been, that's been abused by the woman and the man ends up in jail and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, sometimes in the man, you know, the, the woman beats up the man, the cops are called, the cops are standing there laughing at the man. Like, come on, you're a dude. You let her beat you up. Like you're calling, you're calling the cops. Like what, you're, you're nuts dude <laughs> you know um and yeah. that's a concept that people can't understand how a man can get raped can get abused that's a concept that a lot of people just can't grasp but it happens yeah yeah and i i think it's understandable why it's kind of hard but at the same time it's not right and it's not okay and so we put that you know and keep that in mind that abuse is abuse mm -hmm. and no one deserves it then not understanding it should, shouldn't mean that you don't give it the same uh, attention. Yeah. Or a lot of men are walking around abused and they're not going to tell you that, even if they're dating you. Because the stigma for being, for a man to be raped or abused or beaten up like in a, in a consistent manner, it, it's, it's a deep shame. It's a deep scar to their sense of masculinity. So they may not tell you, but they're walking around abused. Hmm. Mm -mm. Yeah, I see this this show one time. It was a reality show, and it disturbed me, and still bothers me, because what he did was very wrong. And and it was a counsel a coach there, and what the, the woman did, you could tell they had like these type of issues. But she took an apple, and threw it at his head. He was sitting down, and she threw it hard. It missed him, you know what I mean? But I was thinking like that would have hurt, and he was upset. He carried that until later on that day. And he, and when it wasn't addressed, when she made it seem like it was all about how he treats her and she never touched on that part there, he got up and he put his hand right there and put his hands on her. And it was, it was awful what he did too. But the whole time, as bad as that was, and it was bad, no one ever went back to address what she did as far as throwing that. And I think that's what made him mad, throwing that apple at his head. No one at all. Mm -hmm. Because he put his hands around her neck, but no one at all went back to address her about her behavior, what she did to him. Yeah. And I sat with yeah. me. I said, "See, what, what? When are they going to address the fact that she threw, she basically threw something at his head?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah they never will. You know? They probably never will. Yeah, giving out a very bad, a, a very bad message to other, mm -hmm. you know, young girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, um, and anytime 
And here's something. A lot of times when men talk about these issues, they're labeled as angry. When men ask for fairness, how come, you know, why isn't that, you know, how come women can hit, but men can't? How come women, you're angry. You know, why are you hate women? Like anytime a man brings up anything associated with men's rights or men's fairness, they're labeled as, oh, you're a misogynist or you hate women or you can't get laid or something dumb like that. And so men are not listened to when they bring forth certain concerns. Yeah. Wow. That's the, the dynamics. I tell you, because you have that same thing with when you talk about the whole feminine, the feminist thing. And, and it's like we both have these these, uh, like you said, having to be fit into a, this box. But, you know, not too much different. Like it's 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 crazy how a separate society will, will will make it. And both and one will feel like the other one is less than or they're more important. And it's just like, how about we just can't respect <laughs> one another as human beings that have feelings, emotions and the same things, but just not the same parts, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It definitely is crazy. And I think part of that is, you know, men aren't supposed to show weakness. And, you know, part of that is, you know, part of those boxes we spoke about earlier. But I, it, yeah. it, we, the only way we're going to improve that is we, first of all, it starts with the individual. So if you have children, you teach them these kinds of things we're talking about here. Okay. And then they're going to pass that on, you know? So it, it really starts because your child is going to grow up to be the next teacher or the next politician or the next whoever. And so if we all start one by one in our own homes to instill the morals that we believe in and the communication skills that we believe in, um, cause the schools ain't going to do it. Um, nope. you know, and the TV ain't going to do it and Netflix ain't going to do it and Facebook ain't going to do it. So we need to take our personal responsibility and our family responsibility and, and teach them these things. Amen to that. Amen to that. So Dennis, for, for what you do, um, when you work with, with men, and uh, do you find that whatever it is that they're dealing with will stems from like their past or like in childhood, whatever their their obstacles or they're trying to get through now? Um, there's a there's a several combinations. There are men who have um, childhood abuse or childhood stigmas or childhood some kind of disruption, lack of a father figure. Um, there are those men that have that that still struggle with that. Um, there are also men, as we've been talking about uh, most of the show that have been through abusive relationships with women or, you know, whoever. And um, so they're still trying to learn how to cope with that. And of course that causes trust issues. A lot of men have trust issues with women. A lot of men feel Mm -hmm. like they have communication blocks with women. A lot of men feel like women are never satisfied. No matter what you do, they're never satisfied. So there's a lot of men that have, you know, a lot of relationship you know, uh, ups and downs that they're, that they've dealt with. And so those are the, those are probably the two main categories is, uh, and they fuel everything else. Like, you know, people who end up alcoholics, it's because they're holding, they're holding their scars inside. You're a workaholic because you're looking for an escape. You know, you are a sexaholic because that's the only way you know how to relate because you're scarred in other ways. So childhood trauma, abuse, relationship trauma, these things feed into all of these behaviors. Yeah, most definitely. 
and it could lead one to a, it can block, I was, guess I would say maybe good things that might be in front of them because can't really let it go. So you, you see at each moment or vice versa, you see each one as the same situation that you, that, that you're healing from. So mm-hmm. you're, you're like carrying your bags, I guess, you know, so like you're automatically, you put this on to like all women or this woman because what you dealt with, so she's her too, if that makes sense. Like she might be completely different and understand these things. Yeah, she might be. And one thing I do I do like about what the culture is doing now is it is encouraging men to uh, drop the shame around mental illness. Now, you know, this campaign has been going on in the black community for a while about not being ashamed to seek therapy and take care of your mental health. And so I'm at least glad to see that the culture is pushing that because it's important to take care of your mental health, you know, because men, you know, we're all about physical. I want to be strong and, you know, big and tall and muscular. We want to take care of our physical body. We want to work out. We want to start eating healthy and stuff, but we also need to take care of our our mind and our spirit. And so there is no shame in seeking mental help to seek out a coach or a therapist or a counselor because we are mind, body, and we're not just bodies. We're not just muscular bodies. We're not just, it's not like, it doesn't work that way. We have three systems within us, our mind, body, and spirit. And we need to be able to work with all three of those things. Yep. Makes for good balance there. If one's off, then the rest of them are going to be off. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You've even helped me to be able to, uh, find the correct words, you know, even though in agreeance, but able to articulate more of what, you know, where I might be trying, what I might be trying to say or insinuate, you know, without being like, (laughs) so yeah, because I do, I am a, I truly do believe that we put a lot on men as if they don't have feelings because society, and it's not really our own thinking. It's what we have picked up in a lot of society teach us or what we grew up grew up in got to break somewhere men have a lot (laughs) on their shoulders and it's kind of like we expect men to take it all on their shoulders we expect men to take it all and suck it up because we're a man you know if you crack then you're you're that's weak a man is supposed to take everything on their shoulders and men are disposable which is why they send men off to war because they're disposable you know it's there's a whole there's a whole psychology around how men are treated that uh, can be scarring towards men. And many of them will never say it because it's not manly to complain. Right. Yep. Well, I am also too happy that, you know, especially, especially within our culture that they are going to be okay with receiving or seeking that, that help, you know, because I just asked somebody the other day, I said, why is it when it comes to black families as soon as you bring up therapy, you get, I don't know, therapy. You doing that. You don't do Ain't that. nothing wrong with me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the old stigma of if you're, it's the old stigma of you're crazy if you, if, if there's something wrong in your head. Because we're, we, we are a visual and material society. So if I see your disability, if I see you're in a wheelchair, if I see you're blind, I can see it. So then I know you know, some people have misconceptions of disabilities, but the point is I see that it's in front of me. If it's in your head, I can't see it. 
So then it becomes unpredictable. It becomes murky. I don't know what you're going to do. You got mental problems. You may be, you may stab me out of nowhere. You might be crazy because I can't see it. So it's a difficult concept to understand what you're mentally ill. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's not tangible. It's not physical. You can't really tell. And then there's a stick. You're crazy. If you don't have control of your faculties, you're just crazy. Yeah. And a lot of it is just chemical imbalances, actually. Some of this mental illness is just chemical imbalances. Just like people can be born with physical imbalances, people are born with chemical imbalances. Yep. Yep. And like you said before, what it takes is more like education, you know what I mean? And and letting people know that it's okay. You're not like like weird or or like especially in the you in schools and with youth and stuff like it's maybe people be more comfortable like saying okay this is what i'm going this is what's going on with me you know so they can get the help and then kids can treat each other you know more uh with more empathy because they understand and it's not that something's wrong with you because if no one's teaching them then that's how they're gonna you know take it too and now you know it's just we're not nobody's teaching the the, the life the right things or at all whatsoever, even working in the education field, these are the things that I was up against. And it's like, you can't really put a child out into the world without these, these here, these things that will help guide them, you know, navigate through life, you know, all of this diversity, mental health and, and all that stuff. What, what point is, is the education if they aren't really going well, to be able to? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, but, well, first of all, school doesn't teach you anything. Um, no, no, school doesn't teach you anything. And there's always a battle between school and parents because, you know, one side of the culture says that school should be able to teach kids all these different things about sex and morals and this and that. And there's another another class that says, no, morals and and sex and and morals and stuff should be taught at home. But a lot of parents don't teach at home. Yep. So, but that model is not working. So a lot of parents don't teach at home because they're carrying their own scars and shame around sex and morality. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a mixture. It's a There's boundaries. Like they said, it's a village. You work together, you know, because most of those kids were with us. We've seen them more than, they've seen us more than they were with their own families, like six to six, you know, the programs and stuff. So some people think that schools should just stick to uh to what they're supposed to do just teaching but that's not the case because you're dealing with a whole human being here that mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. uh behaviors and, and all kinds of stuff and to even be able to teach someone they have to be to be able to receive it and like you said mind body and spirit so i think it's healthy for families to be integrated very much so with schools and then have those boundaries of what you are willing to let them teach at school because kids do things. <laughs> yeah. At school. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, to be I think that's a good it. answer, but I also remember cause I, I've done work, I've mentored teens in the adoption system and there's a lot of teens that don't have parents to be integrated with the school. There's a, there are people who yeah. go home to foster parents who really don't care about them. They just do it for the little piece of shit check they get um yeah and there's a lot of kids who don't have a disciplinarian there's a lot of kids who don't have anyone to tell them about manhood womanhood sex morality how to do this what not to do um and so what do you do about that like there is no school parent involvement because there's no parents yeah it's like a whole circle around the bar. we got to cover all that you have to fill in those gaps in real in reality you know that that's not really going to happen 
Yeah, that's why I'm a little bit more permissive with what the school should have, because I know that they're kids coming from different backgrounds. Not everybody is going to have their father to talk to about these issues, um, yeah. unfortunately. So we need to find a way. We also need more male mentors. Being a, a mentor myself, being around the mentoring system in the, in the different world that it is, there's a lot more women mentors than there are male mentors. And that's always been a need for men to be able to join these organizations. You know, Big Brother, Big Sister, and a lot of other names that aren't as popular. Um, mentor yeah. younger boys, because boys need to be around men, you know, yeah. um, not males, because they're around males all the time. They need to be around men. Yeah. A man. <laughs> that's the same thing. I said just because you're a male doesn't mean you should be, you know, that's a good match. But right. yeah, I, I totally believe that because I was a single mom raising a, a young man and uh father being so far away and he lost his uncle second year, and that was the one that was in his life. I uh, immediately felt the felt the pain, you know. I knew that me being a woman, I know that I'll never, no matter what they say or try to tell women that you know, we can be the father, mother and father, a young man. I can never teach him how to be a man. You know, I can help raise a, a, a great, you know, young man, but I cannot teach him how to be a man. And I, I just, it, it hurts me sometimes when I realize like, what, what am I going to do? But knowing I have resources and I have to do what I have to do to make sure he gets that. No, it, so we, it, it, we definitely do need more moments. I didn't have any of that growing up. I didn't have like, you know, during my during my teen years, I didn't really have like a strong man to be around. I had to kind of just wing it <laughs> when I got on my own. I got on my own pretty young and I just had to wing it. And so, you know, trial and error. And, you know, uh, it, the men, you know, boys need a strong male influence, a positive strong male influence. Yeah, yeah. Very good that you reiterated that because some people just be like, they're the male. And, and, you know, think about this. You know how women, and I don't know, I, I'm not, I have a tendency, I'm trying to teach myself not to, uh, I have these words I'm trying not to use anymore. And it's not, I don't mean harm by when I say idiot. Maybe I do. I need to work on that. But, <laughs> but some stuff I don't understand. And it's like some women may think, okay, well, my son needs a male influence. So, what you know, and you'll just, just because he, he's a man, you're trying to put this man in your child's life that apparently is not a positive male, but you're just saying that he's a male. I got I want to have a man in my life and in my child's life. And it's like, you got, it's not even about you anymore. You know, you have to think about, you know, your child first when it comes to, you know, who you bring into uh, their life to teach them because we bring that and that's what you just brought in to teach him. I see it all the time. Yeah. Oh, the you, little, yeah the, you got to really watch because children are at all. We, we, we think of children as kind of a, of a monolith. Like if you're a child, you are at a certain intelligence level. No, children are all over the place. You can get the most impressionable child or the most strong minded child. And so when you bring a, a, a man into your home, that's not the child's father, someone he's not familiar with, and you want that man to be somebody, you have to have scrutiny because you don't know what that kind, what kind of man that is. And you may not know just how impressionable or non-impressionable the kid may be. Maybe even if it's your kid, you don't know what energy you're bringing in. So you need to have some scrutiny around the kind of male energy that you bring in. I would say, why not start with people if you if you're able to, uh, people in the family. Like it doesn't have to be the father if the father is absent. What about 
Do you have any uncles? Do you have any brothers? Do you have any other male role models? Um, maybe you do need to see if there's like an after school program or a mentoring program if you really need to do that. That's cool. Um, but just make sure it's a proactive effort to bring positive men in, not kind of a lazy effort to, oh, yeah, my he could play basketball with my son. Right. Yeah, definitely. I like I like that. Okay, I like you really have a when I, you know I want the listeners. I think this is he- helpful, healthy, you know, because I, I see the the lack, the need, especially being around like children and then being a mother myself. I'm just like, oh my goodness, you know. But it takes a village, and we have to be willing to to not just talk about it, actually do the footwork. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. do that okay. footwork. Be be proactive. Don't just bring a man in because you've been dating him for the past couple of weeks, you know, um, that, that's fine, but don't let him, you don't have to, you don't, he doesn't have to meet your child because you've been dating him for a month. You know, you can right. keep him away until you understand where that relationship's going, but also be proactive with introducing your son to other positive male role models. If the father's not there, you got to be proactive and seek out other positive men or seek out other parents with even other teenagers that, because, uh, I think a young boy also should be around peers his own age as well. Um, and so you can be proactive if you know other parents with, with boys and so forth. Be proactive and, you know, see where their kid is at. And would that be a positive influence? Yeah. That's awesome. You really got a lot of stuff like the wheels are turning in my head. So uh, I want to use my platform for something that, you know, that could, uh, be of help, of use for, for others. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Very much. So would you like to, you know, um, while you're here, let our listeners know exactly what, what, what it is that you, you offer so that if anyone is in need, they can contact you and, um, you know, find any, uh, information, literature of any sort of what we've been talking about and more. Sure. Well, I am, as I said, I'm a, I am a men's coach, um, confidence coach. And so I, um, you can certainly get in touch with me. I deal mainly with confidence, communication, and sexuality. And so I coach men on general confidence, how to carry themselves and, you know, um, how to communicate with other people, how to, uh, you know, build communication skills, get what they want, how to own their sexuality. Um, so I, I coach everything around that. You can certainly look me up. My pod, my podcast is also available. It's a men's personal development podcast. And we talk a lot about some of these issues that we spoke about today. So if you want to talk to me, ask me any questions, you can email me as a Dennis at coreconfidencelife.com. That's Dennis at coreconfidencelife.com. And of course, the website is coreconfidencelife.com. So, you know, reach out. If you have any questions or you want to talk about the programs that that uh, that I offer, just reach out. All right, and I'll definitely have that in my um, show notes and the show notes, and I uh, my website should be up and going soon. So I'll make sure I, I will. I want to put you know certain people into my website that uh, has these services, so you'll be there. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that definitely. No problem, and I'm so excited that we finally, listeners. Let me just tell you. I was supposed to get with Dennis in 2019. <laughs> was it 2000? Yeah, it was 2019, and you were supposed to come on my podcast and talk about bullying. 
Um, yes. And we had technical yes. difficulties, you know. Um, oh, man. You know, that never stopped, right? <laughs> yeah, that for your phone issue never stopped. Like, I don't know, what was that? Like, whoa. And, yeah, you know, that's my signature part. <laughs> I believe everything happens when it's supposed to. So maybe we weren't supposed to be speaking on the podcast back then. Maybe for some from reasons we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that most definitely. But I, I do feel more confident, you know, this 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 roundabout, you know. So I was more like, yeah, it's it's time now. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe yeah, maybe you need to get it to a certain experiential level. Maybe I needed to get somewhere mentally, you know, or wherever, or, or my experience level. Who knows? We we won't know. But everything happens when it's supposed to. Amen to that. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I would you know love to. Uh, and hey, and if you ever want me to come by talk about that bullying because I just started my um, campaign like it's somebody picked it up and is and allowing me to uh, you know show them what I can do so you caught me at this time too at the peak of my, my journey at the peak <laughs> at the summit at the apex but don't, <laughs> hey, maybe it's not a peak maybe it's just a landing you have a higher peak to get to hey that's true that's true yeah, don't <laughs> don't peak before you peak now <laughs> Oh, man. I, this was awesome. I had a great time. And I'm so grateful that you uh, made the time to come join us. And you're welcome anytime. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. This was really a good, deep conversation. And it's a really important conversation. And a lot of conversations that people don't have that need to be had more. Yep. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is the man right here, Dennis Sumlin. Okay. And, uh, Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs>